You're listening to a sermon from crckulaman.org. Well, thank you, Annette. Thank you for inviting me. Hey, as a um, preacher, you often have dreams of your preaching making people squirm in their seats, you know, the Holy Spirit doing it. But I think Annette did it just by mentioning the dentist, didn't she? Is there any... I thought, that's what it takes. Kind of... um, anyway, uh, I... I don't really have bad experiences with the dentist, but I know that other people do, and I could just imagine that happening. <clears throat> yeah, so thank you for having me here. It is a little while longer than I realised um, when it started, I started thinking about how long it was, so it's really great to see you and, and be invited uh, here back to Kuhlman again. For those who don't know me, I'm, I'm Ashley. Um, you know, a lot of people around, I would just say I'm Mel's husband. Um, yeah, so I'm a pastor in Narendra, although last year and then this year I'll be actually working five days at the school. So, and, uh, so we're, we're two weeks shy of being in Narendra 14 years, believe it or not. It's, yeah, so, um, yeah. And, and over that time here, yeah, we get to also come out and join in places like Coolerman. So, uh, yeah, thank you. It's good to, to be here. Uh, so what I'd like to do today, I'd actually just like to start with um, reading from Matthew uh, chapter 15, just uh, one it's a story there, one incident from uh, Jesus' ministry that we read about in, in those verses. <coughs> so Matthew 15 <coughs> verses 21 to 28 and I th- it would be good just to, to start off by reading, uh, re- reading these verses, reading this story. It says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. So Lord, we just uh, thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that there, there is power in your word. Uh, and Lord, we just thank you for what that you speak to us through your word, Lord, that faith is increased. Lord, as we, we read and as we listen, as we meditate upon your word. Let us pray that uh, this afternoon that our hearts will be open to hear what you want to say to us. Lord, I pray that you would speak, to, uh, speak through me. Uh, Lord, just what do you want to say? Uh, Lord, that we would not look for anything uh, too profound, anything beyond that. But Lord, just what do you want to say to us? And Lord, we just pray that it would be an encouragement to us today, your word, that we'd be strengthening, it would, be, uh, it would build us up. Uh, Lord, and give us strength even, Lord, just for the week ahead. Uh, as well as, as beyond that. Lord, we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, uh, 
you ever read something in the Bible and think, I'm not quite sure I get that? Or some people might even read something in the Bible and think, oh God, I don't know why you put that there. Why did you have to put that story there? Um, I don't quite go with that, but there are some stories, there are some things I read, some verses, some things that God says I read and I think, I don't really quite get that. Um, But I put it aside, hopefully that one day I'll understand at least something about it, if not all of it. And there are aspects of this of this story, this incident from Jesus' ministry and uh, we'll, pro- we'll cover them as we go through the story that I think you can probably quite imagine which ones I'm thinking about where it says, God, why did you have to put that in the Bible? I mean, why did you have to say that? Why did you do that? And I, as I said, I'm not kind of trying to say that I've got all the answers but there are some things from this uh, incident that I believe we can learn from. And it is a story, it is a, about healing you know, the woman, uh, she had a need for, for healing for her daughter and she was healed. And so the idea of healing will come across a little bit through what I share this morning and I don't ap- apologise for that, you know, not because i am come here expecting that we will see multitudes of healings, but one of my modern day heroes is Bayless Conley. And if you don't know who Bayless Conley is, well, I'll expect to see you afterwards, but Apart from that, no, he's a, he's a pastor, he's in a uh, Cottonwood church, he's in California, uh, he's just got a mighty story of, of God's moving in his life and uh, of ministry, but he talked about how in his, his church that they saw some healings, but then he started to preach healing, and after preaching it and preaching it, then they started to see a great many healings, and that really that they had to preach that even though they wouldn't have se- weren't seeing many and it didn't seem many to start with but it was through the preaching of healing that they began to see healings and I thought you know that's that's true we've got to if we want to see something we can't just hope it happens we can't just believe but we do have to preach it and I started to think about some of the things that other things you know that really if we want to see people baptized with the Holy Spirit we need to preach it which is why occasionally I just bring it up in the range or anyway I think because I'm not sure that everybody is baptised in the Holy Spirit, but I think, I'm going to preach this anyway, because maybe somebody, you know, somebody needs to get hold of this. And, you know, and sometimes I preach salvation, that even though, you know, like, preaching salvation in church, you're preaching to the choir, but you never know, you've got to preach these things sometimes, and, you know, to, to see faith arise, and, and to see these things, and you know, I know, I know that we, you think, well, hang on, we need to preach this and we need to preach that. And gee, by the time we do that, we're going to be a three-hour sermon every week, which reminds me, I forgot to check with Annette how long we go for. So I think the 90 minutes I preached for last time is okay, is it? <laughs> okay, turn the air conditioners off, that'll, uh, I'll get the message. But it's not healing is the main thing, it's not the main thing I want to bring, talk about today. I want to talk about faith because... Really, that's the central thing we see here. That's the central thing that Jesus talks about to this woman is about faith. There's also the fact that God answers, you know, one cry. And maybe you're here or maybe this morning or maybe, you know, you need to be reminded of somebody, you know, just that cry, God answers that cry. And that's really what this is about, God answering a cry for help. And it's about Jesus talking about faith because we read here that Jesus commended this woman as having great faith. He said, great is your faith. 
And you know, there's only two people in the New Testament that Jesus said have great faith. It was this um, um, woman of this Canaanite woman, and the other one was a Roman centurion. So imagine that both foreigners, both outside of the covenant of Israel, are the only two people that Jesus commends for having great faith. And so that's what I want to look at this morning is, uh, this afternoon is about why why it is Jesus would have said that she had great faith. What can we learn from that? Because you know faith is rewarded by God. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, without faith it is impossible to please God. So it's not just like, well, it's pretty hard to please God anyway, but without faith it's hopeless. No, it's impossible to please God without faith, but it also tells us that the way to please God is through faith. And this woman uh, pleased Jesus. Jesus was pleased by her faith. And her faith Secure, it was her faith that secured her daughter's healing. So we can learn something from that. It, it is so interesting, Jesus described these two foreigners as having great faith. There, you know, there's others that we read about through the, uh, through the Gospels who received uh, healing because, or received an answer because they uh, exhibited faith. You know, for example, we read about your faith has made you well. And we see, you know, your faith has saved you. Or other times we we read when Jesus saw their faith. So it's faith that was opened the door to them receiving what they wanted, what they needed from Jesus. But interestingly, to the disciples, what do we read about Jesus saying to the disciples? How many times does he say, oh, you of little faith? I didn't count them, but actually there's a few times. He says to his disciples, and he even actually says at different times that they had no faith. So we can learn something from uh, this woman. So just uh, looking a little bit at a couple of things in the story, and then I've got uh, four things which I believe we can learn uh, from her. But Jesus says there that healing is the children's bread. Uh, she, She comes to Jesus and says, Lord, help me. And Jesus said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And that's one of the things that we can understand. So the healing is promised to them. The children's bread, the children, uh, of course, were the Israelites. They were God's people. And it was promised to them in the Old Covenant. Jesus said, you know, back in Exodus, you know, I am the God who heals you. It was part of their covenant. It was part of their portion. And yet so many of the people that Jesus came to missed out on healing, they missed out on other blessings, not just when Jesus was there, they missed out on so many blessings before that. There's so many of the blessings that belong to them. Because you know, when it says the children's bread, it's, you know, it's, it's their portion. And many missed out on what God had for them, while others who had no right to these things, and that's really what it's, is happening here. In a sense, this woman had no right, no covenantal right to receive healing, but she received it. The Roman centurion had no covenantal right, yet he received his healing, or the healing that he needed for his servant, and others missed out. And we see this quite a bit through the Bible, that there are people who receive, and there are people who miss out. And it's in John, the pool of Bethesda, where 
Jesus goes into the pool of Bethesda where they're expecting a healing to happen a certain way. You know, that's the one where the angel would stir up the water, and I, I don't get this either, but it's, I just accept what it says. The angel would stir up the water, the first person in would be healed, and the rest would just wait around till the next time. Well, Jesus goes into this place. He goes to a person, he heals that person who's a, a cripple, I think, from memory. The person gets up, walks out, and Jesus walks out, and nobody else, it seems, got healed. I mean, you think if you've got, uh, if you're desperate enough to go there, that you would notice, hey, there's this fellow, Jesus comes in and he heals somebody else. Maybe he might heal me while I'm here as well. You know, uh, or you think someone would at least notice this fellow who's been crippled and been there for years and suddenly walking out. That would stir something, but it seems that they had in mind the only way that God was going to meet their need and that's one thing that can hold us back sometimes is that we have in our mind the only way that God will meet my need is by doing this or if I do this God will meet my need whatever that is and as I talked this morning like it's not just about a need for healing and we have lots of needs there's you know we, we may have physical needs we may have a need for healing we may have a financial need we may have a need for someone in our family but there's also, you know, we often have a need for wisdom. You know, what's God want me to do? For me, there's the daily need of, I just need help to live in the new life that God's given me. You know, that's a need. But all these things are met the same way, by faith. And if we narrow our minds, we can miss out. So, but this woman had great faith and so she was able to receive their perceptions of how it should happen. You know, even their apathy to approach, to pursue the healing meant they missed out. So what can we learn from this woman's faith? Now, as I said, um, she's described as a Canaanite woman. Uh, Mark verse seven, uh, chapter 7, verse 26, which tell, tells the same story, says the woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth. So she was outside of the covenant of God by nationality. You know, only the Israelites had a right uh, for the covenant of healing and the covenant of any of the blessings of God. Uh, she was also would have been despised as a woman. So a lot of people thought she was ineligible there. But Jesus doesn't address that. He only addresses the fact that she's outside of God's covenant people. And the actual words spoken here by Jesus are a little hard for us to understand. And this is what I was getting at about Sometimes you read stuff and think, I don't know how Jesus saying to a person, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs, fits with your perception of the things that Jesus would say. You know, Jesus is love, Jesus is meek and mild, Jesus is... And yet, essentially, and it's not actually just a, a problem with our reading it, essentially, he called the woman a dog. And we think, well, that's pretty rude but we need to understand that the context see dogs were unclean animals you know cattle sheep were clean dogs were unclean and cats don't even get a mention so you know um, any cat lovers here Uh, but you know so when Jesus says to her it's not good to take the children's bread what belongs to the children what belongs to God's covenant of people give it to little dogs 
You know, he's saying you're outside of God's covenant. You don't have a right to this. Yes, it would have been insulting. And possibly if there were any Pharisees there, that, that might have been the one and only time that they applauded Jesus. So yes, now he's getting it. But that wasn't Jesus' perception. What he was saying was, you're outside of God's covenant. What right do you have to this? And I feel that in saying that, that Jesus was also, he was testing her, he was testing her faith. Because there are, this is not the first foreigner that Jesus has, has healed, that Jesus has touched. You know, there's the centurion servant, or he mentioned the Roman centurion, there's the Samaritan woman uh, at the well. There's the demoniac from, from um, the Gadarene demoniac, uh, you know, the one, uh, he sailed over the sea just to, the Sea of Galilee, purely just to heal him. You know, there's the feeding of the 4,000, which takes place in the same area. And we don't see Jesus saying the same thing to them. So it's sort of like, I believe that Jesus actually knows there's something in her heart and he's drawing it out. He wants her to verbalise it for, people, for other people. But what he is saying to her is that, you know, you're outside of the covenant and yet she still has faith to receive her healing. So many people who were in God's covenant missed out, but she uh, had faith to receive that. And really her faith was based on one thing. Her faith was based on the fact that her daughter was weak and Jesus was strong. And if you don't remember anything else, what I say to you today, okay, we have a need, whether it's, as I said, the physical, whether it's just the need to be, walk in, in God's ways, but we, we're weak and God is strong and that's what her faith was based on. But the things that I want to mention that I see about this woman's faith, that hopefully, because I say hopefully, because <clears throat> at least in my mind, these are what contributed to her having great faith. Firstly, she believed in the goodness of God. She knew that what Jesus had to offer, you know, his bread, was so wonderful, so good, so precious, she was happy for just the crumbs. You know, so the bread is, is the portion. It's what belonged to the children of Israel. When we're praying, give us this day our daily bread, we're asking God not just for, a, you know, for our food to be provided, but we're looking, God, the things that you have for us, I pray that I will experience them. I pray that I'll know them. I pray that, you'll, pray that you'll provide them for me today. That I will experience everything that you have promised for me. And Jesus said, well, it's not good because bread belongs to the Israelites. But she said, Lord, I don't need the whole loaf. I just need some crumbs. God is so good, God is so big, God is so strong that we just, we just need a portion of his blessing. And God is not restricted in his blessing. She knew that there would be an overflow. She wasn't taking anyone's bread. She was just saying, God, this is the overflow, just the, the crumbs, the bits that fall apart. That's enough, that's all I need. And she was appropriate, you know, appropriating that blessing for herself. 
And there's so many verses that talk about this, especially in Psalm. Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 3 says, Now that you have had, in the in, uh, New Living Translation says, Now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. 1 John 4, verse 8, God is love. Uh, Psalm 106, 107, 118 and 136 all begin the same way. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. The only thing is sometimes they change mercy to goodness or loving kindness. His mercy, a taste and see that the Lord is good. She knew, she believed in the goodness of God. She knew about the goodness of God. You know, I, I grew up going to, to church but I was never told well not that I knew about anyway that I needed to have a personal relationship with Jesus and I remember the first time I was told about that it was a teacher at school I was in year 10 at school and then after I left school I was going to a youth group it was a Baptist youth group and of course you're told lots of times about uh, the need for personal salvation uh, through the Baptists which is wonderful you know, but for me, you know, there was, it took some time. Because this whole idea of trusting God with my life, could I trust God with my life? I mean, it sounds silly when you trust God with your life. But could I trust God with my life? Could I give my life to him? See, because... Obviously, there was a doubting of the goodness of God. I couldn't receive what God had to offer, the new life, the forgiveness, because I didn't believe in the goodness of God, really. So it wasn't until I was ready to trust him that God brought me to a place where, okay, it's just not working on my own. I'll give it over to you, God. But then I found that, yeah, the goodness of God, I can trust him. And yet it's a, it's a battle that we can still face even when we have trusted our lives to Jesus, can't we? That we come to points in our life, crossroads. And God wants us to go deeper. Well, can I really trust God with this? Well, it's because we doubt the goodness of God because if we understood the goodness of God, if we really thought about it, you know, would there really be any debate in our mind? In Romans chapter 2, verse 4 says... The goodness of God leads you to repentance. She believed in the goodness of God. That's why she was able to believe, why she was able to receive. Uh, This woman believed in the willingness of God. The willingness of God to heal her, to meet her need. You know, we see about the children's bread. It's the covenant that God had with with, uh, the Israelites. He wanted to heal them. He even says, you know, I am the Lord your healer. Jehovah Rapha, it's in the covenant. For us, you know, Isaiah 53 verse 5 and 1 Peter 2 24, you know, by his stripes we are healed and then by his stripes you were healed. So God wanted his people to be healed and, and he still does. You know, and, G, uh, and actually said in Mark uh, 7 verse 27, let the children be filled first. Jesus wanted to bring this blessing to to the Israelites. He wanted to bring this. And actually the blessing was coming to the Gentiles. He wasn't saying that 
you're outside of, you're not an Israelite, you can never be. He knew that after his death, you know, what, what was it he said to his disciples? Go into all the nations, into all the world. So the blessing was coming, the same blessing that he promised. So we see the fact that God has promised it, that he wants to do it. And anything we find in the word, if we, the need, if we can find it in the word, if God has said it, then he wants us to have it. He's not dangling a carrot there and then just leading us on. Oh, I just tricked you. That was a good one. No, if it's there, he wants us to have it. See, God is able, and for many of us, it's probably not an issue whether God is able. You know, sometimes it is. Can God really do that? But for many of us, it's not, you know, I believe that God can do it, but does he really want to? Is it his will for me to receive this? Uh, As in in Matthew chapter 8, one who came to Jesus said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Do you remember what Jesus replied to him? He said, I'm willing. Be clean, be healed. Uh, 2 Peter 3 verse 9, Jesus is, it says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 4, God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's, it's his will, it's his desire, he wants us to be saved and he wants us to receive as I said whatever he's put in his word so we can be confident because of God's mercy uh, and because of his compassion you know we read where Jesus fed people Jesus healed Jesus taught the multitudes because he had compassion on them that word compassion just keeps popping up through the gospels we can find out his will in his word, read his word, hear his word, pray. But if God's promised it in his word, he wants us to have it. He wants to do it. So she believed in the goodness of God and the willingness of God. She believed in the grace of God. So her request was based on Jesus' goodness, not her worthiness. You know, she knew that Jesus didn't know her anything. She didn't argue when... You know, I mean, how would you feel if Jesus said something like that? It's not good to take the children's bread and give it to the little dogs. She didn't argue the point. <clears throat> what she was looking for was Jesus' grace, Jesus' goodness, Jesus' mercy. Jesus didn't know her anything. She had no right to ask anything of Jesus. There was no heritage there, you know. For her, there was no, you know, she hadn't done anything to earn it either. But still she asked because of the grace of God. You know, and sometimes we refuse things or we miss something that God wants to give us because we feel we have to earn them. You know, I'd love God's help, but I haven't earned it. I really don't deserve it. Well, that's what makes us worthy because we don't deserve it. Or actually the other problem we have is we feel better if we feel like we've earned them. Well, yes, I feel good about receiving God's blessing because I've done so well. I've overcome this habit. I've prayed every day and I've set myself on January 1st to read the Bible every day for the year and so far I've done it. 
Okay, it's only January 8th yet, but anyway. um, If we feel that we've earned God's blessing, then we feel better. So we miss out on things. We, We refuse God's help until we feel like we've earned it. And so we make rules, we make religious hoops to jump through. We make expectations to have to meet to satisfy ourselves so that we can be worthy. But that wasn't what the woman came to Jesus with. She came with a sense of, um, you know, I have a need. Jesus is good. His grace, his mercy. You know, if we think about the people who came to Jesus saying they're worthy, you know, worthy. You know, the rich young ruler, was it, who said, you know, I've, I've done all these things. But yet he went away sad. Another part of me taking time to receive Jesus was really not understanding God's grace. I thought, there's some things in my life I've got to get cleaned up before I can give my life to God because, you know, you can't be a Christian and do this. But you you can't get cleaned up without God's help, can you? You can't deal with sin. We need God. We need the Holy Spirit to do that. You know, God's grace accepts us as we are. God's grace. We trust our lives to him. We fall, okay? His grace covers that. But it's his grace that gives us the strength um, to overcome those anyway. Uh, In Daniel 9, verse 18, we read about Daniel's prayer, or one of Daniel's prayers. He says, We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. So even Daniel was coming to God on that basis. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 said, For we are saved by grace through faith and not of ourselves. Saved by grace, God's grace, we come to that through faith. So the woman had great faith because she believed also in the grace of God. And the last thing I want to say, and this really flows on, I guess, from believing in the grace of God, is that she had humility. Because great faith and great humility go together. Sometimes we can see people who claim to have great faith and we question that. But if they don't have great humility, they don't really have great faith. Humility is essential to that. <clears throat> the woman didn't demand her right. You know, she, she had no rights. The Roman centurion that I mentioned, you know, said to Jesus, you know, well, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. They had humility. Can you imagine when Jesus said to the woman, you know, it's not right, take the children's bread and give it to the little dogs if she started to argue. He said, how dare you? You can't call me a dog. That's that's not right. I'm worth something. She didn't argue the point. Her focus was on Jesus, what he had to offer. Humility is an acknowledgement that we need God, that only God can do it. So whatever it is that we need, 
whether it is something that's lacking in our life or whether it is, as I said, something where we just know that we need to keep pursuing God, to keep growing in him. You know, that's a need. But we can't do it. Only God can do it and that's what humility is. That everything we have, that everything that we are able to do is by the grace of God. See, because the grace of God is just not just the fact that he has favour, that he is merciful, but that he gives us his strength. We can only know salvation when we know that we need God, that us us ourselves uh, can't, you know, I can't save myself. Only God can. And that's when we can come to the point of salvation. That's where we humble ourselves there. Even our identity in Christ. It's another thing that I do love to talk about is about what God has done in us, about who we are in God. But that's about, it's humility. Because it's about what God has done. It's about thinking more of God. Some, sometimes when I go to, um, to other places and somebody might lead in prayer and I say, oh God, we're all sinners. And I think, well, speak for yourself. Because, yeah, I was a sinner, but that's not what the Bible says about me now. And if I want to focus on the fact of me being a sinner, then I'm forgetting about the grace of God. You know, and some don't even like to say, some people don't like to say even that we're sinners saved by grace. I don't mind saying that I'm a sinner saved by grace because to me the focus is not on the sinner but on the grace, the grace of God. But either way, as we're, our identity you know, we see that we are justified, that we are the righteousness of God. It's not because of me, it's about God. And if we can understand our identity and focus on that, we're actually focusing on God, not of ourselves. And focus on the grace part. And even Paul says this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 to 14. He, talks, he wants less of himself and he wants there to be more of God. See, because it's God, only God who can do that. <coughs> So the woman had great faith. She believed in the goodness of God. She believed in the willingness. Well, you know, the goodness of Jesus, the willingness of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, and she had great humility. And as I was thinking about this and thought this was what was on my heart to share here and thinking about it through the week, I don't know why this is on my heart. I guess hopefully someone needs to hear this, but... And I, a thought did come to me through the week as I was thinking about this because this is the time of year or, or just, just uh, we come into the time of year or just past the time of year where people make New Year's resolutions. I don't know if there's anybody here who makes New Year's resolutions. I don't make New Year's resolutions because I know by the January the 2nd I've got to start again because Christmas, New Year is such a hard time to start anything. So it's not because I don't think I need to change, it's because it's the wrong time. But if you're a person who makes New Year's resolutions or coming into the start of the year, you, you make plans. You know, I need to, to deal with this in my life. I need to allow God to work more in this part of my life. Is it about me or is it about God? And that's the, the thing that I think is, is probably timely from this is that if we're thinking about what we need in our lives, whether it's salvation, whether it's healing, 
whether it's in our finances, whether it's another need, whether it's simply just a need for wisdom, a need for God's help in our walk, that our focus is on God and not on ourselves. The focus is on me doing this. That's not humility. The focus is on God, letting him do this, and believing what God says about me. The focus is on God. So whatever your resolutions are, if you've made them or you're about to, the focus be not on what you need to do, but on what God can do through you and do in you. Believe in the goodness, the willingness and the grace of God. And it's about God, not me. And it's the final thought I had, was that the woman impressed Jesus because she asked him to do, she expected him to do um, what he came to do, which is give great gifts to unworthy children. Now, I mentioned at the start about a, a cry for help, Jesus responding to that. It's interesting as we read that in both Matthew and Mark, there are only two Gospels that record that, but we see that Jesus went to this area of Tyre and Sidon, uh, so it was well outside the boundaries of, of Israel and Judah. These weren't uh, part of God's covenant people. So it wasn't just this woman had strayed into to where Jesus was. He'd gone to that area. And the, I don't know whether he did anything else while he was there, but Matthew and Mark didn't record it. Maybe the only thing he did was heal this woman, but he went where she was. It was a cry for help. So whatever it is, you know, and as I say, you know, it, it can be a big thing. God can still do, God still does big things. But maybe it is just that daily need that we have, that daily need for God to be with us. God responds to that. He responded to that woman by, you know, Jesus, I think somebody said, I think it's what, three days out of his road there and three days back again, you know, at least. So a week out of his time. Maybe, we don't know, but maybe just for one person. God responds to that. He responds uh, to great faith. And there's some thoughts about how, my thoughts about how, how maybe that Jesus said she had great faith. So Lord, we just thank you that whatever we have is not of ourselves, but it's of you. Lord, the only way that we can please you is through uh, it's through trusting in you, through trusting in Jesus, through what you have done for us, Jesus. So we thank you for that. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us, Lord, just to continue to let go of ourselves and to look to you. Lord, because there's so much you want to do, Lord. You, you don't want to leave us falling short in our lives. You don't want to leave us with needs. But Lord, there are things that you want to do. There are Lord, even just to, to give us wisdom, to give us understanding. Lord, I pray that we would believe in you, in your, not only your ability to do this, but your willingness. Lord, you are a good God. Lord, that is your desire for us to grow into Christ-likeness. And Lord, you do it, Lord, through the grace, Lord, not through your, just through your mercy, but through empowering us, through giving us that. Lord, so help us to look to you, help us to understand, help us to respond to you, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, let our faith grow and as our, just that we would trust in you more. Lord, help us to take our eyes off ourselves but to trust in you. And Lord, whatever it is you're doing in us, you've been doing this last week, you're going to be doing through this week. 
Lord, that we will remember it is you working within us and not of ourselves. We just thank you for that. Thank you for strengthening us uh, in every way. We just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.